some rookies get cut, and we're going to talk about that sweet, sweet money, money, money. All of that on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is way too hot outside. It is at least 100 degrees as I'm recording this. So instead of running a few miles, I'm just going to record right now and say welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. A reminder, this podcast is free and available across all platforms. You could follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. All right. Let's get right into it. We've had some cuts. I know there's preseason hockey to talk about. I will catch up on that tomorrow. But in the meantime, let's go over some of the cuts that were made before that game. And, you know, a couple of them were not surprising. Two of them, well, I mean, I'm not super surprised, but I'm a little bit sad about it. So let's start with the two that did not surprise me. The first two cuts that are going back to juniors. Connor Vidston, who's going back to the Swift Current Broncos, just came onto training camp and, you know, looked okay. Fifth round pick. He's going back to Swift Current this coming season, coming off of a 32-point season. And really, the young left winger is still looking to find his place in the league and in the professional ranks. Really, he's, he's just one of those guys that is a decent prospect piece to have. And could be a good trade chip down the line. I mean, he's not a bad player. He looked pretty decent at the rookie camp. But, you know, he's he's still young. He's only 18 years old. I mean, he just turned 18 a couple weeks ago. So, he still has time. Don't worry. He has time. The other one that didn't surprise me. Tristan Luno also got sent back to juniors. He will be heading back to the Gatineau Olympique of the Quebec League. Last season, he... Got 43 points in a full season, 63 games. Still another one of those decent pieces, but a pretty decent defenseman. Not the defenseman that I would have kept around because there are other defensemen that have looked better than Tristan Luno. So I think I think Luno looked pretty good at the rookie practice, looked good at the rookie camp, even looked pretty decent at the rookie faceoff up in NorCal. But there's probably just no room for him right now because there's already plenty of great def- young defensemen on this Ducks team. And you know where I'm going to go with this. You know I'm going to go right away to Jimmy Drysdale. Who we'll, we'll talk about more later in this podcast, but Drysdale's already there. And you've already got a great up-and-comer in Olin Zellweger. And then you have another great defenseman who's starting to prove himself, Noah Warren. Yeah. Watch out for Noah Warren, guys, because... That's a player that I think is going to be the most interesting out of this training camp right now. And looking at just the roster in general, there's good defensemen. There's really good defensemen on that roster. In fact, let me go over some of them right now. I talked about Olin Zellweger already. What haven't I said about him already? Drew Hellison, also looking pretty decent. And... I know I talked about Noah Warren. Noah Warren, I think, might be the guy that gets overlooked by some by some out there. 
no, there's no overlooking him. 6'5", big body, uses that big body to create space. So I, I like Warren a lot. And there's just no room for Leno. Not, not right now. The one that did kind of shock me a little bit is the prized first round pick in this season's draft. He already got sent back. Pavel Mintyakov. Okay, so what does that say if you have the first round pick, Mintyakov, that got cut already, but then your second round pick, he sticks around for right now? I'm I'm gonna keep it honest. Minty looked he looked okay. Nothing about his game has wowed me so far yet. And I think I've seen more out of Noah Warren the past couple weeks than I have Pavel Mintyakov the last couple of weeks. So he will be going back to juniors. He'll be going back to the Saginaw spirit of the Ontario League this coming season. Look, he's one of the better defensemen out there. 62 points in 67 games for Saginaw, but in a terrible Saginaw team. He pretty much put up all the points on a bad team. And just looking at some of the length, he doesn't have the length that Noah Warren has. He doesn't have the strides that Olin Zellweger has. He'll be a good, solid defenseman. He still needs just a little bit of work and maybe even bulk up a little bit more slightly. I mean, he's 6'1", a buck 90, and he didn't even look a buck 90 out in the ice. I mean, I'll be honest, just watching him skate out there, he looked like he was about six foot, a buck 80. He's got to play a bigger game. So that's one that I think could show some improvement with a full season at the OHL next season. The last name, it wasn't super surprising. I thought he would stick around a little bit longer, but I'm just a little bit sad for personal reasons. Sasha Pastujov is going back to Guelph. Going back to the storm of the OHL. Look, Pasta is a great puck handler. I've talked about him many times. One of the more, I guess, you know, love him or don't love him type players as far as prospects go. His shot selection is great. His hands are great. The only knock on his game, and this has been the same knock for the past year and a half, has been his skating. His skating, he still needs to work on a little bit. It has gotten better. Now, Go with me on this. It's gotten better over the past 12 months. I could tell he's worked on it. Is it still up to par with someone like an like a Mason McTavish? Not quite. Can it get there? Yes, I I believe it can get there. And I think one more year in juniors for him will probably do him the best. I could see Sasha Pastujov kind of having a fairly big season this year. I mean, last year with the Storm, he scored 76 points in 65 games, and they squeaked into a playoff spot for what it's worth. And he he can he can hit. He can use that body of his and just move guys around and hit. Whereas Pavel Mintyakov looked six foot a buck eighty, Sasha has began to play like he's six two a buck ninety five. So he's starting to bulk up slightly. If he could bulk up a little bit more, that will do good for his game. So those are the four guys that have been cut. Pitson, Leno, Mintyakov, Minty, I'm surprised, and Pastujov. 
But hey, you know what? Those cuts needed to be made. And now we'll see what some of these other youngsters can do. Let's see what Zellweger can do. Let's really see what the rest of the group has to offer. All right, we're going to head into the first intermission. But first, let's talk about Bet Online, which is the one place that has you covered, the one place that we trust. Bet Online has you covered with more props, odds, and lines than ever before, including some of the futures for the National Hockey League. The Ducks, they're projected to only have like 70 something to like 80 points. Take the over on that. Take the over on that. That's my opinion. There's also the NBA coming up. Hey, NBA season, that starts next month. NHL starts in three weeks. Yeah. So if you want to check out all the latest lines on those two leagues, and also there's the NFL just past week three, and baseball is coming down to a close, then head over to Bet Online using your laptop or your mobile device. Bet Online is the official online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please, please gamble responsibly and don't put all your money on the Arizona Coyotes. Bet responsibly, folks. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, and let's get those calculators out, guys. It's time to crunch some numbers because we are going to talk about cap space for the last two segments, well, you know, segment-ish of this episode. And frankly, this came as a, it, it didn't come, you know, to me right away. I didn't plan on talking about this. But thanks to Jacob on Twitter. So shout out to Jacob the Dozier on Twitter for kind of starting this conversation and getting the ball rolling. So Jacob, if you're watching or listening, shout out to you for kind of giving me some material on this one. So yesterday I put up a post that the salary cap is being increased over the next three seasons. So this coming season is still a flat cap at $82.5 million. Next season... That goes up to $83.5 million. All right. Then it gets to big bucks, big bucks, no whammies, stop. Yeah, I'll talk about Press Your Luck in a second. But in two seasons, the possible salary cap is anywhere from $87.5 million to $88 million. It's a big number. Then twenty-five, twenty-six. That number jumps to approximately $92 million. So in three years, the salary cap will go up a whopping $10 million. So with all that money starting to come into the league, you know, the league is starting to do a lot better. All that money they lost in the pandemic shortened season, the money that they lost without crowds, it's finally coming back. You had all those crowds finally come in last season with lesser and lesser restrictions. Yay! The fans are back! woo I mean, don't get me wrong. It was kind of cool working games in a modified bubble. That was kind of neat. It was kind of interesting seeing Trevor Zegras in a bubble situation down at El Segundo. That was kind of cool. But I got to tell you, it was still weird not having fans around. So to finally work games with fans, that meant a lot. And now that the money's coming in, 
we can see all that money coming. So what does that mean for the future of the Ducks? Well, there's a new sheriff in town by the name of Patty V. Pat Verbeek has a lot of money to spend, and it feels like he's got an almost blank canvas. And I say this every day for this week, so I'm going to say it again. You got to have patience with the Verbeek plan. Because I think some of us could kind of see where it's headed. And we could see why he didn't make many deals this season. is because he knows he has three big contracts to deal with after this season. So first, before we get into the contracts, let's talk about the money going off the books after this season. And there's quite a bit of money going off the books. So keep that in mind. As of this recording, the Ducks have $16.6 million dollars in projected cap space. And by the way, these numbers are all courtesy of Cap Friendly. So, you know, a shout out Cap Friendly, one of the best sites on the entire internet. So they have about 16.6 million in projected cap space. Then there's some of these contracts going off the books. Max Comtois, that goes off the books. Derek Grant, the Elite 1C, will he come back after this season? Who knows? So that one and a half will go off the books. And we'll talk about Z and Terry and Dryzill in a second. John Klingberg. Um, let's see how this season goes. If he sticks around and likes what the Ducks have, he could come back at a long term, maybe less money. I mean, he will be turning 31 next season. I don't expect him to get $7 million the following season unless he has a monster year. Then that would have to be a decision to be made. Kevin Shattenkirk. I've mentioned Shattenkirk on yesterday's podcast. Will he come back to Anaheim? Who knows? Will he have a huge season? Will he get a 50-point season? Will he realize that this is a contract year and really put up some bigger numbers? Who knows? Dmitry Kulikov. The Dmitry Kulikov trade for future considerations, whatever those are, that money goes off the books. Between, I mean, Klingberg is $7 million. Shattenkirk 3.9, Kulikov two and a quarter. That is a boatload of money left off the books. Oh, and you have the other two, you know, these I got to mention. John Moore, that $1.6 million penalty. Look, John Moore, he's been injured a lot. He's spent some time buried in the American Hockey League. He's only played 36 NHL games the last three years. Only 36. And this is a lot of injuries taking place, but also he just hasn't gotten it figured out. He hasn't played well. So there's that buried cap hit from John Moore. That's about $1.6 million. And, oh, yeah, that, that other contract, that other uh, buyout money, that, oh, that player. Oh, oh, that's right. Corey Perry. They're still paying Corey Perry. The Ducks are still paying Corey Perry to not play in Anaheim. The Ducks are paying Corey Perry to play in the Stanley Cup final in three consecutive seasons. The Ducks are paying Corey Perry to lose in the Stanley Cup final in three consecutive seasons. I think when I put it in those terms, it sounds hilarious in my mind. (laughs) They're paying him $2 million. It was worse before. They were paying him 
well above 2 million a couple seasons ago. So that number's gone down. After this season, that money goes away. So Corey Perry could decide to play one more season after this, or he might just retire. He might go the route of his good buddy Ryan Getzloff, El Capitan, and just retire. He might. I mean, he's not going to get paid by the Ducks after this season, so where's that extra money going to come from? So between Perry and John Moore, that's $3.6 million. Shattenkirk, another 3.9. That goes up to, what is what are we at now? 7.4. I mean, yeah. So 7.5, rather. Then Kulikov. Okay, that goes up to about 9.8. Let's take out... Comtois, 11.8. 13.3 if you put in Derek Grant. That's 13.3 in salary money. Combine that with the projected cap space. That's about $30 million. You get an extra million for next season's cap hit. That's about $31 million. Assuming that the Ducks do not re-sign John Klingberg. Or assuming that they do re-sign him. If they don't re-sign him, that number goes up to 38. So let's just say for the sake of argument that Klingberg has a good season, Ducks do well, and he comes back. That's still about $30 million in cap space that the Ducks could play with. So what do you do about those three players that I've mentioned? What do you do about Z and JD and Terry? I've done some of the math for you. Assuming that Klingberg does come back, you're looking at anywhere from 30 to about $34 million in cap space. So we're going to delve into that. Yeah, let's delve into that right now, actually. So we're going to talk about the numbers that we should be giving JD, Jamie Drysdale, Z, Trevor Zegris, and my birthday buddy, Troy Terry. All right. So once again, shout out to Jacob and, you know, I brought up the contracts like, you know, let's pay Z and JD and even Terry. And Jacob even said that he thinks Z, Dreisel and Terry get their large deals this coming off season. And then summer of 24, a big spend on free agency to maybe push for the cup. I'm going to pump the brakes on that one. I don't know about a push for the cup in the summer of 24 yet. Let's see how the Ducks do this season and next season. So let's kind of hold our horses there. Because you're going to have McTavish and Zellweger and a bunch of others that could have bigger deals once Cam Fowler's deal lets up. And he's right about that. And then by the time 26-27 happens, the Ducks will have all the current prospects in roles. But that depends on how they do the, the next few seasons. You got to also think about Uncle Rico. Jakob Silverberg is going to be an interesting case. Because he's just coming off of hip surgery. And I'm very curious to see how he does this coming season. So that's going to be curious to me. So I've pointed out that we're looking at a four to five year plan. So now we get to the money. I'm thinking that Trevor Zegris saw his buddy Jack Hughes get that $8 million from New Jersey. And I think he wants to top his buddy. So I know there was the video recently that Z said that you know, Hughes is paying for dinners because he's at least making money right now. Trevor Zegris is making about a million dollars a season right now. Not even, not even a million dollars. He's making right now 
$925,000 a season, which is still a lot of money to us regular folk, but as far as NHL money goes, that's a bargain. Making under a million. I think Z gets paid. I could see him possibly getting a very long-term contract. I honestly could see eight. I could see an eight-year deal. Could I see nine million AAV? Yes. Yes. Given how well he's played already, and given the projection and given the trajectory of how well he has played over the last season or so, and given his development, I would I would say nine million annually is not a reach. In fact, you could even make the argument, I don't know if I would make this argument, but you could make the argument that he could even be deserving of 9.5 or even the dreaded double digits, 10 million. Do I think 10 million is a bit much right now? Probably. But I'm still on the boat around 8.5 to 9 million. But let's go on the let's go on the upper range. Let's say 9 million. So he'll get signed for 9 million per season for the next 7-8 seasons. Hey, that's not a bad deal. And I would take that for a future star. So that's for Zegris. How about Jeremy? How about uh, Jamie Drysdale? I've I've seen some different numbers all around. I've seen some saying five. I've seen some saying eight. But I think we're all falling around that six to seven million dollar category for JD. And I think Jacob kind of agrees on this one. Um, he even said. Drysdale gets a lighter deal depending on his performance. And even for Troy Terry, Jacob's comfortable doing $7 million for Troy Terry long-term. Honestly, I'd be comfortable with 7.5 for Troy Terry. Especially if Troy Terry can get 40 goals this season, then I'd be comfortable doing even $8 million for Troy Terry. But I'm saying $7 million plus. Drysdale, close to $7 million, especially if he takes a step forward and gets about 50, 55 points of the season, which would be an improvement. So let's say upper bounds. Z, 9 million. Drysdale, 7. Terry, let's go 8. Just for the, for the sake of argument, let's just say 8. That is a combined $24 million on those three players, which the Ducks would have. And this is part of the reason... Why Pat Verbeek has not gone super crazy spending all this money. That's why he is leaving all that cap space right now. Because going into next season, a lot of that money is going to go off the books. And the Ducks will have the money to spend on those three guys. And those three guys should be your cornerstone for the future. It should be Troy Terry as your core. It should be Trevor Zegers in your core. It should absolutely be Jamie Drysdale in your core. No questions asked. So if you can get anywhere from 21 to $24 million between those three players, then the Ducks, I think, will be all right. And then you'd still have a little bit of money to mess around with and get some complimentary pieces as far as next season goes. And also, don't forget... There's prospects that will be coming up that will age out of juniors that could make their way onto the Ducks. 
we talk about Mason McTavish. Look, McTavish, he's got that contract for the next three seasons. McTavish is making under 900000 for the next three seasons. Can you imagine if McTavish wins the Calder and then he has another two years at a relative bargain? And then you got to think about 25-26. Yeah, that's when he would get paid when the salary cap goes up to approximately $92 million. But that's a problem for future us. <laughs> we don't have to worry about that yet. The Ducks can keep McTavish for three seasons at that money amount and be okay. And then, of course, you know, after that, what happens with Rico and Sylphie? What happens? That remains to be seen. So there you go. There, There is absolutely a world where Zegris and Terry and Drysdale, they could make bank and the Ducks could make it work. And this kind of maneuverability with contracts and the way that the way that Pavrobeek has done these deals, I think, I think it's a slam dunk that the Ducks could be looking at some good years in the future. And hey, you know what? I think the Ducks in maybe three years, I think they could be division winners. I, I honestly think that when you have a core like that, when you have a young core like that, that's only going to get better. Add in McTavish. You could see some winning seasons for the Ducks coming very, very soon. Maybe even this season. Nine, a 90-point season for the Ducks, I would consider, consider that successful. I would. Even 85 points, I would consider that a positive for this team. But I'm shooting for the Stars. I'm going 90 points, and I'm going to shoot for the Stars, saying that those three guys get big money deals. All right, that's going to do it for today's podcast. I am sweating here. Just a reminder... That this podcast is free and available across all platforms. You could follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. And if you want to drop me a line, you could do so at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. Once again, thank you all for your continued support. It is greatly appreciated. Thank you all so very much. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason JD Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and ducks fly together. Stay safe, Florida. Florida.